Welcome back into episode 6 of the Embrace the Ground podcast. If you listened yesterday, we had part 1 of this series, which is an NFL 2019 NFL draft redo or redraft. So I'd probably listen to that one first to get some context as to what players did go off the board. Because that would make a lot more sense coming into this. But I'm still joined by my friend Nikki Snacks Snacks on YouTube, the Big Dogs channel, or on Twitter at Snacks underscore BGE. All his stuff's down below. All my stuff's down below. Let's get into the episode. Welcome back into part two of Snacks and I's 2019 redraft. Uh, after we recorded, I realized I missed the Dolphins pick, which was Christian Wilkins. Uh, I will quickly, quickly say I had Brian Burns there. Uh, I don't know. Good good D lineman, linebacker they could have taken, I guess. So I'm sorry for skipping that. But today we have 17 through 32. Um, we're starting it right off the rip with your Giants here who took Dexter Lawrence in the Odell trade. They got rid of a washed-up, overpaid receiver, and they got – Plenty of a haul, you could say. So I think it was definitely worth it. But who did you have your Giants uh, redrafting or drafting the same player? Yeah. So Dexter Lawrence is who we took at 17. And um, after his rookie year, he really performed well. He's not going to show up too much in the stat sheet, which is fine. But he's a force. And he's young. And he's got plenty of upside. But the Giants, they needed – if they're going to go Daniel Jones at, at six, they had no offensive line at this point. And I think center is probably, obviously, left tackle is the most important position on the offensive line. That's without a doubt. Um, but center is a massive, massively underrated position in football. And James Bradbury went, or I'm sorry, Garrett Bradbury went the uh, the pick after him to the Minnesota Vikings. Garrett Bradbury is who I take here for the Giants. Lock up your center long term. You got a guy that can build continuity with your rookie quarterback. You start from day one. So that's the guy I would have looked at. That's the guy I probably wanted there. Um, I'm not mad about the Dexter Lawrence pick, but I would have went Garrett Bradbury. For sure. Yeah, I don't think it's a bad pick. He'll be the Viking center for probably quite a bit of time from what it looked like last year. Uh, I went Montez Sweat. He went to the Redskins. He had a pretty good rookie year. Um, we say yeah, Edrush. Yeah, the, he – I mean, he had a good year, but it's also because he's like the worst in the front seven possibly. So, like, that shows how good the front seven is. So maybe that's why he wasn't blocked as much. But I still think – you really couldn't have gone wrong at this pick. I think this is like this is the money maker part of the draft we see most years um, because this is when people start. They might overvalue a guy on their board, whereas they could have just taken the easy answer, stuff like that. But I think yeah, I think Lawrence, he's a guy that won't demand a lot of money to play D tackle for the Giants for his whole career. Uh, you get I don't even know what a friendly D tackle contract is, but he definitely just a centerpiece in the middle of the defense there. So I like that pick. Um, the Vikings are up next. Uh, they took Bradbury. I had them retaking Bradbury because that was like the locked-in pick for like two months prior to the draft. Yeah. Everyone knew they were going him. But obviously he's gone for you. So who would you have them take here? I actually I, – I gave him Dexter Lawrence. I gave him the next pick. Uh, I know that D, I know the D-line is good. Um, but Dexter Lawrence is a guy that he – watching him the way he played, maybe it's a little bias on me. But a talent like that in a Mike Zimmer defense, I feel like could – be even more explosive than he was. Um, probably a luxury pick, kind of like what the Bills did with their regular pick with Ed Oliver last year. Uh, but I had him taking Lawrence. So built on strength. Um, that's where I went. I thought I thought they could have went a, a few different options. Um, but a stout defense, that's 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 where I went. They could have built the offensive line. They could have went Andre Dillard. But I'm, you know, not his biggest fan. 
So mm-hmm. I, I went I went with Lawrence here. Yeah, maybe maybe think- it's Bob because I wanted I wanted to show Dexter some love. No, I mean I think they're a team that every year, no matter how many holes we give them, they're always nine and seven in the playoff contention. So I think. I Really, really any way you slice it, it have been a good pick here. So, yeah, I think Bradbury and Lawrence, um, you kept them switch, and then I have Lawrence fallen just a little bit, if I remember right. Uh, yeah, just a little bit. But next up, the Tennessee Titans here. Uh, they took Jeffrey Simmons, who actually played really, really good last year when he was in. But I gave him DK Metcalf because I think – Yep, same one. Self-explanatory. They have A.J. Brown. They saw how much of a difference maker he was. I will say I don't think DK could have done what A.J. Brown did um, if he was the only guy. But I think in reality, too, really what the team needed, this would be the pick here. Um, Hollywood possibly interchangeable. I don't really know. I think – I just think A.J. Brown is – is the, I don't think he's really an alpha receiver. I think he's more of a game changer where DK could be more of a alpha receiver that's a safe. So I think that, that might have been the redo pick. But really any receiver I could have saw him taking here. Right, and I, I couldn't agree more. Like you said, they, they took AJ in the second round, and uh, obviously receiver was a big need, massive need after they Corey Davis completely busted. Um, but DK, as somebody who wasn't a fan of DK coming in, we saw what he could do in Seattle. Like you said, he's probably you know it, it's probably a different story uh, without like a Tyler Lockett gaining attention on the other side. But Seattle's a run-heavy team. Tennessee's a run-heavy team. I think that DK would figure it out. I think the coaching staff would figure it out, and DK would still be um, productive and worthy of this pick right here. So I, I took DK with it. For sure. All righty. Next up, the Broncos. As gross as this is to say, I gave him Dwayne Haskins because, in reality, that's probably who they would have taken if this was the case. Um, it's probably who they should have stayed at 10 and taken in perspective to, like, what would have made sense, what they did last year. Yeah. So I went them here because, I don't know, they needed a linebacker, O-line, and then, like, it was kind of up in the air what else they needed. So they went Fant, obviously. So Dwayne Haskins here. Who, who, do, you, who do you have? Well, piv- pivoting-wise, like, going based on this draft now, um, I, got, I got Haskins here, too. Because if they're going to – you know, if they wanted you lock, why not take him there if that's their guy, in my opinion? Mm-hmm. So they clearly wanted to get their next franchise guy and the next franchise guy on the board franchise guy for, you know, on experts and, and combine everything was Dwayne Haskins. So why not, why not take him here and build around him? You have the defense, um, solid offensive line. You had, you know, you got playmakers, you get, you know, you had Freeman, Lindsay at the time, Lindsay is a stud. So I, I think Haskins would have came into a good situation um, so I, I am in agreement. I pivoted a little bit based on what we've gone from this draft. I, there's actually a few picks I've changed since, since we started, but Haskins is, is the guy I would take here for Denver. For sure. And I don't really, I don't even want to say if it would have been better or worse, or I don't, don't really know. Um, that's definitely something that we'll, we'll never know for sure. So the Packers are up next. Uh, we had them taking Terry at 12 over Rashawn Gary. And here I kept Savage here. The man, the man was a beast last year. I, Safeties always go undervalued to me, especially the Giants getting McKinney. Like, they're, oh, dude. they're players that, like, people don't understand the value of for some reason, especially after seeing, like, Eric Berry for a long time, Tyron Matthew in the Super Bowl, Earl Thomas, even Justin Simmons for the Broncos now, Eric Weddle. Like, it's crazy that safeties go undervalued 
every single year. Like Winfield was round two. McKinney was round two. Savage, like 21 is pretty early for probably the average, you could say ADP or draft slot of safeties. But still, though, like now he was a difference maker right away. He played a ton of snaps and he will be their franchise safety for a long time. 100%. And I think over the last probably five years, and it's really a testament to your point that the safety position has really taken a hit of value. I don't know why. Like, if I'm the Jets and I'm looking at Jamal Adams, I'm paying that guy what he wants. I'm making him the highest paid safety in football. He's that good. He is. He's your defensive anchor. He, he covers half the field this way. He does, he does everything you want to do. And a guy like Darnell Savage is anchoring the back end of your defense for, for a decade, hopefully. So I, I'm in complete agreement. And I think that the fact that the safety, the safety position is being devalued like it is, is kind of a travesty. Um, yeah. And yeah, McKinney at 36 for the Giants. Let's do He's probably a top top twenty player, like overall in the draft or whatever. So, I thought the Cowboys were going to take him where they took CD, but uh, yeah, but they they aren't smart about their money, so it doesn't really matter. Um, the only the only reason I could see safeties being undervalued is probably because we see a lot of corners convert to safety when they get older. Uh, Kareem Jackson for the Broncos, an example. Yeah. That's actually pretty common. Uh, just be for obvious reasons, they shut down corners. Can't be shut down corners when they're when they're thirty years old for. Age issues, like obviously. So, back in the day, yeah. I don't know if you remember Antrell Roll. He, he used to be a cornerback um, for, for, for Arizona, started transfer, um, transitioning to safety towards later on in his contract with Arizona. And then the Giants signed him as, as their, their free safety. And it was one of the best signings in, in Giants history. So, um, I, get, I get that transition. But safety is 100% a very important position. Mm-hmm, for sure. All right. Next up, the Eagles went Andre Dillard. I gave him Dillard again because uh, that, that was like they, they needed this pick. Like they needed a tackle here. They traded up to get Andre Dillard. And in perspective to the rest of the tackles in this class, not looking good. He, he played okay last year. He played just average. But we're going to really see this year, especially because um, Brandon Brooks just tore his ACL. So he's Big out one. for the year. Dillard might have to play guard. Jason Peters is still a free agent. So I think we'll really see if the pick was worth it here. And to be honest, he could play average, and this O-line would still be good because it's just a good offensive line as it is. Um, so I just kept him here. I don't – maybe receiver, but, like, I don't – they didn't really need one last year because they had Deshaun Jackson and Jeffrey healthy. So Andre Dillard's my pick. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. I actually went with Hollywood Brown here. Um, I know – Jeffrey is some guy I, I, I never really trusted, and Deshaun was a little bit older. So I thought adding some youth in the first round for a team, for a roster that was pretty well built already – um, I thought that this was kind of a luxury pick and you could take a talented deep threat like Hollywood Brown and just give Carson Wentz more help. Um, so that's, that's where I went with this pick, but Dilliard on, honestly, you can't really argue it. Um, same pick. Uh, he's, he's got the potential. He's got, he's got the upside, but th- this is a very big, big year for him. Like you said, Brooks is out. Peter's free agent. Peters is gone. It doesn't look like they're going to resign him, which I don't know why they wouldn't at this point. Um, just to bring him yeah. back some continuity, but um, I, I went Hollywood here because I just think that while maybe it's redundant with Deshaun on the team, I'm not really trusting Deshaun yeah. for more than a year. And I'm going to get a 20 year old Hollywood Brown who just excelled down the field in Oklahoma. Um, so that, that, that's where I went. Yeah. I mean, then they, they basically did that this year with Rager, John right. Hightower, uh, really, Quest Watkins. Yeah. So, I mean, in reality, they could have gone Hollywood and then gone O-line or defense or whatever they needed this year. So they probably dropped the ball on that. But they obviously like him. Like I said, they traded up. So maybe 
maybe there is something we're just not – we didn't see last year, so we can hope. Well, I guess you don't hope for that. I only hope because I just wanted to beat the Cowboys because people think the Eagles are bad for some reason now. They're not. They're yeah, not. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know where the whole healthy the team is is very good. Very sure. good. I and they have Jalen Hurts now as their backup too. So yeah. All right. This this pick is gross. So Bill O'Brien doing Bill O'Brien things. Um they I believe no, they didn't trade up. I didn't remember if they traded up or not. They took Titus Howard here, and he was one of the guys that was like, he's probably gonna be a first round pick the last like two weeks of the draft, and everyone's like, Well, great. Now we have to slide him into our mock draft. Someone has to take him. And it was the biggest position of need for them. They obviously needed a line. My guess is they wanted Dilliard uh, because the Eagles jumped him when in reality the Raiders weren't taking our tackle and the Ravens weren't taking our tackle. So my guess is the Texans wanted him. And they went Titus Howard. Um, I, I gave him Jawan Taylor because that was the next best out tackle who went in round two. But he didn't go in round one because he had some injury concerns with like his heart or something, if I remember right. So uh, it's a crapshoot for the Texans. Uh, Always I don't is. even I don't even know what to say, but somehow they're going to find a way into the playoffs like they always do. I <laughs> I know <laughs> it must be nice playing in a shitty division. I know, like you can go nine and seven every year, and it's it's it never fails. Week seventeen is always the game, the winning, the division deciding game, and they're like ten to seven is the final Dude, score. I feel like <laughs> Sunday night football week seventeen is always a game for the division or a, a playoff spot, and it's always the AFC South, always. Yeah, because oh, it, it always gets flexed to there. Okay? That's like the only game people like. Right, exactly. It's insane. Yeah. It's insane. I took since – I since I gave Philly Hollywood Brown, I had Dillard here, which would have been 20 times better pick than Titus friggin' Howard, who is yeah, an atrocity of an offense staff. Alabama <laughs> State. That's so gross. I don't even Bill, – Bill O'Brien doing Bill O'Brien things. Like – and I and I don't even know he might he might be the next best offensive tackle like in reality but like just take a guard or something like you don't I don't know you see so many O line switches inside like positional switches from guard to tackle tackle to center whatever so I think it's yeah it was Bill O'Brien move for sure um, that's what happens when you put your bad head coach as part owner of the team that's just what's going to happen the Raiders at twenty four here they took Josh Jacobs uh, this was also a locked in pick it seemed like um i gave him hollywood brown here yeah I, I, it was a, don't don't take running backs in round one but unless the saquon plain and simple like don't take running backs in round one i gave him hollywood here um just because i think they would have i guess just the reason to put it i think that at 24 our game changer guy like that obviously they they took rugs because they know to beat speed on the chiefs you have to have speed the broncos did the same exact thing so I think maybe if they would have developed that mindset last year, they would have taken him at 24. He was on the board too because uh, he went the next pick to the Ravens. Yeah. And Jacobs played really good. He's a good athlete, good franchise running back, but you just don't take running backs in round one, plain and simple. So No, you don't. And I unfortunately kept Jacobs here. I, I completely agree with you. you don't take running backs round one. But I, I just saw, like, I guess looking back, maybe I was too conscientious of the fact that seeing what Jacobs did is why I kept him. But you're 100% right. I'm not – you're not taking running backs. Point. Hollywood would have been a great pick. We, I know – I think you had Montez Sweat going to the um, – The Giants. The Giants. Oh, you did. Okay. So, I debated Montez Sweat here for me. Um, but I kept Jacobs just knowing what he did. And that's, that's on me sure. because it's not my philosophy. But I kept – Yeah. If they actually had to redo it, they would probably go Jacobs nine times out of ten. Right. Maybe take Sanders one time. So, yeah, I definitely think – 
it's probably what they would do. Um, and then speaking of Hollywood, he went 25 to the Ravens here. Uh, I gave the Ravens Debo Samuel just because I think, yet again, another step down. I don't even know what's step down. I think they're two completely different receivers. Uh, personally, I think, I think Debo would be a lot more useful in this offense in the long term from what we saw in the playoffs last year. But in reality, like, you can't compare Hollywood and Debo. So next best receiver, you could say, um, at this pick. But he's got a completely different type of receiver, so I don't even know if it's the next best. So I just think maybe they would have went him here, but in reality, they could have gone really anybody. Yeah, uh, I, I don't, I don't hate that pick at all. I, I'm a big Debo guy, so that's to me. I think that would have fitted, would have fitted, would have fit that mold in that in that franchise perfectly. Um, but I can't hate it, can't knock it, can't knock it. Yeah, I, I mean, maybe they would have gone Harry. I don't know. I don't know, like who. Uh, I wish yeah, I think we could, but yeah, I, I don't know. I guess I'm taking, I was taking a lot of things like what I've seen as opposed to um, like drafting them, what I didn't know. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's why I kept Jacobs with Oakland or Las Vegas, whatever the frick you want to call them. Yeah, who cares? Um, no, I told you I wouldn't. I told you I wouldn't. I'm trying to get, I'm trying to get better. For sure. So, yeah, I mean, I think one thing, that I wish people could see is like teams, big boards after the draft. Yeah. I don't know if that would like give away like formulas or like, like money ball stuff after the fact, but like, I think that'd be cool to see. I mean, cause like obviously the Ravens don't care about receiver that much or else they would have had three starting receivers by now, not Willie Sneed, Marquise Brown and Devin Duvernay. So like we do as an actual pick of need, is it a number one receiver, like stuff like that. I wish that's something we could see. Uh, following the draft, which will probably never ever happen, but yeah, I don't know. It's been interesting to see how they, how teams construct that because there definitely be some. Um, for example, Bill O'Brien to John Gruden to, I don't know, Kevin Stefanski, the analytics guy now, Gettleman, the wizard with his his stack of textbooks at his one little laptop on his desk. That still was the best picture of all time. Uh, and then Belichick with his dog wasn't even on the screen. By the, the way, okay. Gettleman gets ripped for that binder. He actually had a very nice draft. Okay, he knows what he's doing, and the 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 no, Bills, the Bills when, GM. It come, when it comes to the draft, he knows what he's doing. I'll give him. That's the only thing I'll give him. That's it. Like, and that's really like, but in reality, that's all you need your GM 100%. to do. Like, 100%. like, and the the Bills guy, uh, Bean maybe or. Uh, yeah. Brian he was like he was like hyping him up because like I think there was the aspect where like they were like the Giants are gonna take uh, Isaiah Simmons at four like they're gonna take something they don't need no, and like uh, the, the the whole the whole big running joke was um, oh, or God. Herbert Herbert it, it was no it was not not Herbert um, that was all bullshit no there you go there I curse. Um, Derek Brown he, oh he was, yeah yeah def- and Gettleman loves defense tackles like, they're gonna take him four. They already have three legitimate – actually, you could probably argue four legitimate starting defensive tackles on their on their team already. They were just going to take another one because he's that good. So that was the whole running joke, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, and the, the Buffalo GM, like, straight up said – I think it was on – pardon my take – was like, yeah, he knows what he's talking about. Like, he's a smart guy. Like, everyone makes fun of him. Not and, like, yeah. and if you look at you look at the last two drafts, like, what do you have? He had three picks in the first round. I don't know how many after – like, he hasn't had bad drafts before that. I don't know if he's the one that picks Barkley and Hernandez. Like, obviously, yep. Yep. if you go back, you'd probably want Quentin Nelson over Barkley. But, like, come on. Like, yes. it, it was Barkley at the time. So, like, 
that he's, he's had good have. drafts. So he has, and, and he, he picked Darius Slate in this, this yeah. past in the fifth round. Like the guy, he's got an eye for college talent. He really does. I, I cannot knock him on that. Some of the contracts he's give out, or Alec Ogletree trading for him, Nate Solder, questionable. But you know what? When it comes to the draft, the guy does he, – he eyes talent and he, he knows what he's doing. So, I can't knock him for it. It's all right. It's all right. The Redskins at 26 here. They went Montez Sweat. I gave him Jeffrey Simmons. Um, obviously, because they care about their front seven because they went out and drafted another front seven member, totally disregarding their cornerbacks where their best one is a slot corner of the other ones. I don't even know who they have at corner. Whole different conversation. They should have won Jeff Okuda, not Chase Young. But they obviously care about their front seven. Um, so I'm going to give him Jeffrey Simmons. He played really great last year for the Titans, like I said. Um, and he'll have an even bigger role now that the Titans basically shipped off Terrell Casey for half a sandwich to the Broncos. So, uh, yeah, I don't – whatever. Montez Sweat here, uh, you have not taken it – or you have not taken him yet. So did you change the pick here? No, I did not. I actually kept it. Um, yeah, this was a good pick here. I, I think it, it was. Four on the 26. I know he had uh, – coming in, he had, like, the heart problem. So I, that kind of made teams a little weary. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, raw athletic ability, what he did at A&M, he was a beast. So getting him at 26 is, is to me was a steal. And I yeah. And I think comeback game. he, I'm trying to think, yeah, like a heart problem or something. Cause he was like top 10 pick. He was a beast. Yeah, top 10 was him, talent easily. There was him and it was him and Jeffrey Simmons were like the D line from Mississippi state. And they had, yeah. uh, some quarter. No, I don't think they were, they were good. They played, they were ranked. I don't remember who their quarterback was. Um, there was some nobody, if I remember right. But, yeah, obviously they were right up there for a reason. And both those guys went late, you could say, or relatively lower than where they probably they should have gone. Where they should have. Right. If they don't have any of those, like, pre, pre-medical pre issues or anything like that, they go way higher. So mm-hmm. getting in there, how do you change it? For sure. All righty. The Raiders are up for their third pick of the first round. Uh, they went Jonathan Abram. I think he would have played really great. Another Mississippi State guy, but he got hurt. So we, didn't, we don't really know. Um, but I pivoted and I went Dexter Lawrence. Because in my redraft, they didn't get any D linemen. Obviously, they went and got Pharrell and Max Crosby. So, I think that's what they would have went there. But I am excited for Abram because I think it's another one of those safeties where where he will be a game changer. Because, I mean, if you saw the hard knocks um, before last season. It was unbelievable. And he was, like, crazy, too. He was, like, I just want to hit. Like, he was, like, tackling people when they were in shells, which is, like, no pads. Like, Grim was, like, what are you doing? And he's, like, I just want to hit people. I just want to hit people. Man, I love this guy. (laughs) So, what a pick, man. I love this guy. So, I, I, yeah, I think, I think he'll be fun. I, I think he'll be really good if he can stay healthy because he definitely was a fun guy to watch on hard knock. So, did you change the pick here? Or? I took Farrell here because I didn't take Farrell yet. Oh, yeah. I don't even know if he made my first – yeah, he didn't even make my first round. So Yeah, no, I, I took Farrell here. Uh, I, debated, I debated keeping, I debated keeping um, Abram here because I liked what I saw. And hard knocks and whatnot, but I'm like, if, if Farrell's going four, then that means he, they're very high on him. And if he's falling where I'm taking him, um, I, I, I do think Farrell was the first round talent, so I didn't want to keep him out of the first round. So I, I just put him back with Oakland where he went from four to 20, what is it, 27? Yeah. 28. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, 27. 27. So, I, so I kept Farrell here. Um, but I mean, Abrams, fantastic pick, and I think he's going to be a stud. I was really upset he got injured because I loved him. He would, that hard knocks did like not impress me. Um, I didn't enjoy it much. He was no. like the highlight of it. And it's not, I'm not saying he's going to be a great player based on hard knocks or whatnot. He was a great player in college. The guy's got intensity. He's got everything you want for a safety. And I think he's going to have a very bright, promising 
career. So I, I was debating on keeping him here, but Farrell kept falling when I did it. So I, I, I put Farrell here. For sure. I, I'm going to pivot here on this next one. So the Chargers are up. They went Tillery. I kept him here, but I completely forgot about Farrell. So I'm going to go Farrell here. But Tillery, they did trade up to get. He's, he's a player. So maybe they would have retaken him because obviously they traded up and they liked him. He played okay. Um, I mean, it's hard to ball out on that a defensive line that good with the corners that are that good, the linebackers that are that good. So, yeah, I'll go Farrell just because I kind of forgot and he just kind of fell down here. But I think Tillery would definitely be um, in play for him. And this is this is where I took Abram. I went I went back. Uh, I switched him here. Uh, I didn't want him to fall too far. And you know, Derwin James and Abram that could potentially be a very devastating duo. Yeah, that's pretty um, scary. And they have a good free safety, too, if I remember right. Yeah, I don't know. Exactly. And Derwin James is all over the field. So it's like if you can have Abram back back there and Derwin James being up on the line of scrimmage, you know, pff, pff. sorry to your Broncos. You're lucky. Well, you dude, their defense is already scary now. They took is, Chris Harris. They got those bookend DNs. It's unbelievable. Now, uh, real quick, uh, like just because I, I want to like throw this in there. As a Bronco fan, like I know the Chiefs are the Chiefs. Like, we're not catching the Chiefs. Let's try and let's try and win 10 games, get in the playoffs. Mm. Um. Are you worried about the Chargers? Like, they have a very good well, roster. They the, improved, that yeah. uh, improved the O-line. They have the bookend DNs in Ingram and, and Bosa. Derwin James is coming back healthy. They got Chris Harris, your boy. The quarterback is really holding them back. Yeah, I think uh, – well, me and, me and Max did an episode, and that came out last week. He was, like, off the Chargers. Like, he was like, I don't think they're that good. good. But, like, I look at it both ways because their O-line got really good. Like, it got Dude. really, really good. Like, probably top five in the league. Yeah. In the blink of an eye. Yeah. Then they literally just got rid of Okun, got Turner, and then signed Belaga. And it's like, yep, fixed. Um, but to me, the way I look at it, if Chris Harris is your third best corner, like, that's scary. That's when the Broncos won the Super Bowl, when Harris was, like, oh, breaking out. And then they have Derwin James. They got Kenneth Murray, which I think trading up for him was probably a bad move anyways because you need depth. But, yeah, they're a good team. They're probably their worst offensive weapon is Hunter Henry or Justin Jackson, whatever whatever roles they have. So, yeah, I think they're going to be pretty good because Tyrod Taylor is not bad. He wouldn't I don't think he, I, the, Right, exactly. And I, I'm sorry. I do have to listen to no, your uh, Max's podcast, um, podcast episode because I was actually intrigued listening to, like, other – you know, you guys are Bronco fans, so I, I kind of wanted to – to, to gain more knowledge on, on your thoughts on, like, the AFC West, which I think, uh, no offense, outside of, like, Kansas City, those three teams are, like, you know, kind of, like, neck, neck, and neck, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And it's um, always been like that. Like, it's yeah, never but, really been, like, a one-sided division until, like, these last right. five years of Manning and Mahomes. So, right. I don't and know. I, I mean, I think that could be a sneaky, 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 really good division. Um, maybe not sneaky because th- th- there's talent all over the board, but the Chargers are a team to me – like, if Tyrod Taylor plays well, I'd look the fuck out. Sorry, I cursed yeah. again. I would look the fuck out. And again, because that roster to me is, is as talented and as deep as most of the rosters in the NFL. So, yeah. um, it all depends on that quarterback play. Eckler's a beast. King Allen's going to do what he does. Um, like you said, Henry might be the worst playmaker on the team. Mike Williams, that big deep threat. You just throw the ball up to him. But that defense is real, and that offensive line got real, real. So, Mm-hmm. And I think, I mean, really, if you think about it, like if Tyrod's still in, they're competing or else it's going to be Herbert. So like, right, exactly. Yeah. Like we, we will know if Tyrod is good or not. Cause he'll be the starter, but I think they have a bye week 11. Cause I think I was looking at it like really for like, for fantasy rosters, like, do I want Tyrod Taylor on my dynasty teams? Like as my two, because 
if he plays as good as I think he can, he's going to be the starter up until week 11. And then if they yeah. say they're six and four, they're not going to pull him at six and four, especially because no. seven teams make the playoffs now. Like all four teams could make it from the division now. Like that's actually possible. This Theoret- year, so theoretically, yeah. yeah. I think it'll be, it'll be cool to see. Um, to, I, I mean, like obviously I think the Chiefs are the best. I think, it just, I think it's good that the whole division's competitive um, now. I think it's going to be a lot more fun. For a division that's kind of just been eh, like nine and seven makes the playoffs, except the last couple of years, like I said. But like in reality, the division kind of sucks. But now I think it's definitely a step up. Yeah, like the, the Raiders were dog shit for years. You, the Chargers you know. were just up and down. The Broncos were up and down. The Chiefs were terrible until they got Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. So yeah, I think it'll be fun. Um, no, I, yeah, but that's, I, I've been telling that that is a very very good division. Very good. I mean, it'll be it'll be hopefully be fun. I guess yeah. The Broncos got to hit first if, if it's going to be fun. But listen, they they have just as good of a roster. So they it's 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 almost the same boat. Like I, I know we're, we're we're pivoting from the draft. We have no, like three okay. left, but it, it just brought it to my attention when when you brought up your podcast with Max. And I know you know me and him talk like Giants Denver all the time. But like they'll go as far as Drew Lock takes him. And if mm-hmm. Drew Lock is like regressing, I I don't see much. I don't. I think yeah, their offense is still very shaky. Um, Judy, to me, was a luxury pick. Like, he fell. Yeah. I get it. But I liked – they and they took Hamlin in the second round, too. Like, if that's going to be your move. Yeah, it, it was interesting. But I, I'm glad – I guess the, looking back at it, I'm glad they stuck to what they wanted to do. Yeah. Because, like, like I said, like, if, but then if I think about it, say Locke doesn't pan out, say we have the fifth pick, you already have the team to insert a quarterback. So, like, I'm not, right. yeah, I'm not right. opposed to I, it. I hear you. I hear you. But, like, but, the, the worst case scenario is they kind of play like they did the first, what, probably six weeks where they lost, yeah, like, so like, six, six and ten, seven and nine ish range. Yeah. Right. Exactly. That's like the worst case scenario. And I think. You know, that's – I probably pegged the Broncos 8-8, eight 9-7 eight, because I love the, I love the Russ, and I'm sorry. You know, I tell you, I'm not Drew Locke's biggest believer yet. No, nah, neither am uh, I. All right, so you're not okay. – For sure. The last time I told – I told not a crazy idiot. I told Antelope because he wore his Locke jersey. The last time I bought a quarterback jersey was Brock Osweiler, and we all know how that ended up. So I, so I, don't, I don't buy – Don't do it again. Don't, don't do it again. I don't buy Broncos <laughs> quarterback jerseys at all. So, yeah, that was – yeah, but, yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to – I don't know because that def- that offense could definitely not work out. Especially, I like Shermer, but like, I don't want to say Shermer's never had that much weapons, but he never really has had to like actually make personnel decisions. Really, like he's never had to choose between three running backs, yeah. five receivers, three tight ends. Like, so it's going to be interesting he might, he to might see. Be Pat Shermer, listen, he was just my head coach for two years, and I know he was very high on Drew Locke. Like, just reading like um, the Giants beat reports and everything, he liked Drew Locke. So I, I'm sure this was an easy destination for him to land as offensive coordinator, but he's very bland, man. You're going to get really annoyed with Pat Shermer's play calling. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, he might have a little too much to work with, to be honest. Yeah. Especially because he's like, like a guy that gets overwhelmed. So yeah. And lack of training camp. So, I mean, obviously they have meetings and stuff. So like maybe yeah, he's catching on. But same thing as like OTs no. and, and whatnot. For sure, yeah. So we'll 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 have to reevaluate. Uh, Matt Max said he wanted to redo one closer to the season. Maybe we can readjust our our bias, maybe or something for sure. And I told him it. I told him when we started off the podcast. I was like, it's probably nice that you don't have to get yelled at by Snacks and Nick about the Falcons and Giants, and actually be able to talk about it. And he was excited, so it was well, it was a good time. Well, hopefully, I mean, my team's probably the worst of the three. So uh, 
One day, we'll, yeah. we're, we're, we're going we're to do this podcast till death, faith the public. So one day, we'll all be in the playoffs at the same time and just want to beat the shit out of each other. So. There you go. All righty. We have four picks left. The Seattle Seahawks took another weird edge rusher linebacker in LJ Collier. Uh, every year, I do the whole um, uh, Pete Carroll's clues or whatever he does on Twitter every year. Like, he throws songs out there. Like, last year, he played the piano song. I can never figure out why it has any relation to what to 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 this um, weird dude. Yeah, I don't know. So my my redraft pick was McCole Hartman. Actually, I think definitely not what they were going for because they got DK obviously, but they also didn't really like DK because they would have not let him fall to pick sixty two. Right. So I think uh, coming back on it, I think Hartman's a very valuable player to an offense, and people might be like, he plays twenty snaps a game, but like he had. 26 six catches. Touchdowns. Yeah, six touchdowns on 26 catches. Like, that's valuable. Uh, no, ma- no matter who does it. Like, if it's just some random guy, it's valuable. So, I think it definitely wouldn't have solved their wide receiver answer because, like I just said, you're not playing Harvard on every snap. And Lockett is – Lockett is an alpha, but I think Lockett needs that outside help in DK. So, I think it's just more of a fun pick. In reality, I saw – there was an uh, article on 4 for 4, and it, like, broke down the last 10 years of draft – um, picks and like how successful teams have been and Seattle's number one It's crazy that has been the last 10 years probably a lot of it was Russell Wilson but yeah it's crazy because every year we're like well if Seattle would have taken this guy instead of this guy this guy instead of this guy that have been this good but they're doing just fine it seems like every single year so I think Michael Hartman here uh, that would definitely would have been a luxury pick um because I think people were I know I mocked them to take a receiver at this pick it would probably have been to kill Harry at the time because it's what they needed. It's really the only thing they needed. But, yeah, Michael Hartman um, at this pick. And who would you have gone here? I would have went to kill Harry here. Um, seeing that they took DK third. I like the McCole Hartman pick. That's, that's like like you said, that's fun. That's sneaky fun. Give, give Russell Wilson some speed. Let him scramble out and just throw the fucking ball. Heave, heave ho to, to Hartman down the field. That's fantastic. But um, talent-wise coming in, I would have taken, taken to kill Harry here. That's who I had mocked. He, I was just looking down. I don't even have Harry in my first round, but I think Harry is still a good receiver, and I think people yeah. are extremely. It's it, honestly, it's been circumstantial. That's why it's not like yeah. talent wise, he's not a first rounder. It's just circumstantial how everything fell for your draft. For sure. righty. the last pick of your Giants here. They took DeAndre Baker. We don't even have to go into his whole scenario. He had this offseason or whatever, or didn't have, or whatever happened. Uh, I went Sean Murphy bunting here. The Buccaneers got him. I think it'd be between him and Byron Murphy here. I think that corner definitely was a need last year because they did not have James Bradbury last year. And Murphy bunting played really good um, kind of the whole year for the Bucks, and then really, really good at the end of the year. So that'd be my pick there. But I think Byron Murphy would easily be uh, the same, you could say, if you picked him here. Yeah, well, you know what? I don't know how you pegged me as drafting the same – goddamn guy that you just took like out of all the blue because deandre baker um he had some like problems in georgia and whatnot say laziness and what and everything so right off the rip if i knew that as general manager i'm probably not taking him so if i we desperately need a cornerback help we did like jenkins was on his last legs or out the door whatever you want to do murphy bunting was he was he was solid he could play so I picked 30. Why not? This is your third first round pick. Why not take a guy with huge upside at cornerback mm-hmm. in a position for desperate need? You got your quarterback. 
you got your well for me you got your quarterback uh you got your you got your center for the future start working on that defense that was an atrocity so that's why i took murphy bunning here and um we are in complete agreement which at pick 30 i'm shocked yeah <laughs> i think the same one i think the one thing people i think are like like they would have taken baker here even though despite the laziness i think uh the Delpit is a good example this year. Like, he's a stud. Like, he's a good football player. But he obviously had issues if he fell to round two because there was laziness concerns and stuff. And I think we're seeing teams let those guys fall because, in reality, it's okay if you draft your franchise cornerback three at pick 30. Like, you you need that. So, like, I think people just overvaluate. Like, every pick has to be – every first-round pick has to be the next insert position franchise guy. Um, So, I think – yeah, I think especially because, like, he was a good example that year, and then obviously he had his issues this offseason like two months ago. Delpit's another one um, that I think he fell to the Browns, if I remember right. That was like, he's lazy, blah, blah, yeah. blah. That's why Winfield rose above him. All the, all, the same, all the same thing. And Baker as a talent, really good. He was very good in Georgia. Very good. Mm-hmm. And scheme-wise, like last year with the Giants, as a rookie, he was, you know, obviously lazy. There was reports he was falling asleep in meetings and shit. Um <laughs> But James Betcher ran zone defense the whole time. Like, that's not how you use DeAndre Baker. No. He's a man coverage guy. He wasn't Georgie. He was, you know, his whole SEC career, and he was a lockdown corner in the SEC. So I got the pick when they made it. But utilize your talent. What does he do good? And this is why I like the Joe Judge hiring, because he kept saying we're not fitting – we're not fitting square – we're not square poles in – or circular poles and square holes, whatever, whatever it was. Yeah. You're going to use your talent the best way it is. And DeAndre Baker, if he gets off of this stuff, if he plays man coverage, if they use him in man coverage, I truly think the sky's the limit for him. He's got to get his head on his shoulders, obviously, because clearly it's psychotic. But he was just used wrong, and um, I would not have taken him at 30. So I think that's, that's why I took, in my opinion, yeah. the next best cornerback on the draft board in Murphy Bunny. Uh, I'm assuming you guys are going to go to man, like just off topic. Oh, yeah. you, got, you got Bradbury, so that, like he's like yep. one of the best man corners. Best man. And DeAndre Baker, that was his strength. So if he's on the team, they're playing man. Yeah. Patrick man, Graham, man, very yeah. aggressive blitzer, very aggressive in, in man coverage. And I like with Peppers and McKinney roaming in the back. And Julian and Love, too. Sneaky, sneaky good secondary. Julian Love, absolutely. Bradbury. You saw what he did against the little best receivers probably yeah. in football, like Evans and Julio and, and mm. these guys. Shut them down. Like, that That was a very good signing. Bradbury, uh, Baker over there, McKinney, Peppers, sneaky good secondary. As long as Patrick Graham plays man defense, blitzes these linebackers. I agree. It'll be good. We'll be hope, be hope it'll be good. All righty, the Falcons, two more picks. The Falcons, uh, like I said, they traded back up to the Rams here. Or maybe they had the pick. I don't know. The Rams trade away all their first rounders, it seems like. Uh, they took Caleb McGarry. Um, he was not the one with the heart problem or whatever it was, if I remember. I think he just got hurt, flat out hurt. Lindstrom had some, like, health issue. That's why he couldn't play. I took Dalton Risner here for the uh, Falcons, just basing they needed O-line. Uh, I was pumped to get Risner in round two. He was definitely a guy that I knew would be a long-term O-lineman because he just wouldn't play bad. I'm not saying he's just this, like – I don't know. I'm trying to even think like big name, Zach Martin, like all pro, blah, blah, blah. But I think I get, like I said, it's okay to take long-term average answers at any point in the draft. That's where, that's where you build good teams. So I think definitely would have helped. That's a phenomenal pick. Yeah. Yeah. He, 
I don't know. He, he, he was like on the all-rookie first team, if I remember right, because the, the O-line was just so bad last year for rookies. But, yeah, definitely would have helped um, the Falcons last year because their, their O-line was, was something for sure last year. So that's who I went with here. Um, and who, who did you pivot I had to? Juwan, I had Juwan Taylor here. Same, same thought process. Um, offensive line help, it, it was desperately needed in Atlanta. So uh, I took Taylor, who at the time was, you know, where you go, early second, I believe. I think. To yeah, the he fell to the Jaguars. Yeah. Yeah. Um, maybe not the the greatest pick ever, but at that point in juncture, I'm going to take him for Atlanta. Hopefully, his upside hits. So. For sure. All righty. Like we said, Nikhil Harry. We've been talking about him a lot here. 32, the New England Patriots probably shocked a lot of people and took Nikhil Harry here. They were mocked. Um, I know corner they were needed. Uh, o line because their O line was getting kind of old on contract. So. I had to do it here. I took Gardner Minshew. I just kind of I, – I despise Woo! Gardner Minshew. He's not a good football player. Just because he has a mustache and George does not mean he's a good doesn't football player. Yeah. Doesn't so, make him a I, I had to do it. I had to do it just for the podcast because in reality to last year, you look at it this year, that's probably who they should have taken. I don't know if it would have been Minshew, but, like, they should have taken probably Drew Locke here. Or I don't even know who the other – Drew Locke would probably have been perfect there. If he's going to learn under yeah. anybody – I'm Why trying to think that? who the other quarterbacks were after Locke. Oof, uh, I don't even know, to be honest with you. No one, really. Yeah, yeah. I think it would have been Locke, and then – I mean, I'm there's sorry. obviously some in the third and fourth round, but then – Yeah, oh, like, well, that, that's who they took in the fourth round. Yeah, uh-huh. I think he's going to be – but, yeah, so I think, I think AQB, and in this case, it's the next best one from last year in Minshew. Minshew's not a franchise quarterback. No matter what team he's on, like it there's just a reason, dude, there's a re- listen. There's only one Tom Brady. There's a reason Minshew was a six round pick. Yeah, yeah. And he, and he was a six round pick while leading the nation in passing yards too. So like, right. like come on. So that that's that's my you pick here. A lot more than we do. <laughs> yeah, it's I don't know. Whatever people people love love the mustache and American flag, George combo thing. Whatever they're gonna have the number one pick next year, and he's not gonna be a quarterback. Um, so did you, did you have anything different here at this pick? Or? Yeah, I did. Uh, well, they took Nikhil, and obviously I took Nikhil before that. So I took um, – this. I guess you'd call this a fun pick for me too. I took Deontay, uh, Deontay Johnson. Ooh, I took yeah. pick 32. Um, clearly the Patriots needed receiver help, and I was, think, I was thinking about t- taking um, – uh, oh, Jesus Christ, I forget his name. Why, why am I forgetting his name? Now I'm going to scroll up. The Broncos took him. The guy the Broncos took him. Uh, Risner. Risner. Uh, yeah, yeah. Because Patriots need offensive line help, too. And you put him with Skarnecki, he would have been fine. He would have been probably all pro rookie year. But they went hairy, so I figure I'll keep him with receiver. And DeAndre Johnson had all the talent in the world. And you put him with a Brady and you put him in Belichick's system, I think he would have been he would excelled year one. We would have known about DeAndre Johnson week two as opposed to, like, week ten of last year. Mm. You know what I mean? So – that's where I went. I wanted to get Deontay in there in the first round, but that's how I rounded it out. Hey, he could be the Steelers franchise receiver too, from what we saw last yeah. year and the he's, rumors of Juju not signing back. So yeah, I guess, so that's a good pick for sure. There's so many guys we probably could have added in for sure that I definitely think are. We, we left out tons of guys, but you know what? It's part of it, I guess. I think we fucking nailed it. We did. All right. So that, that was, that was good. That was, that was fun. I was, I was thinking about what we could do because I was talking to Max and I was like, I wouldn't be able to talk about the Giants because I know virtually nothing. And he was like, I don't even know what his suggestions were. And I thought of this, but I'll, we'll have to get we'll have to get you and Max on for some type of uh, 
podcast of some sort. I don't know. We'll I, figure I, something I would, out. I would love to. I would love. Well, I don't want to say the wrong word. A threesome is probably the wrong word. A three-way podcast. There you go. Sure. I'd love to do a three-way podcast with us three because, you know, me and Max alone, we, we shoot the shit all the time. And you're like the perfect voice to come right there in. There you go. So that would be a ton of fun. And I, I'm really happy you brought doing like a redraft up like this. Um, so I think we nailed it out of the park. Couldn't, couldn't sure. have been better. We, we could be GMs for sure. All right. You can, uh, if you want to, if you want to plug any of your podcast or the bagels and locks or anything, I let Max take it away here. So go for it if you want. Yeah. Yeah. So if you got, if you guys want to follow um, snacks underscore BDGE, you can follow on Twitter. Uh, we do fade the public every Friday on the BDGE YouTube channel. Um, during the football season, every Sunday, 8 a.m., Bagels and Locks is released. That is mine and animals' picks for the week for that Sunday week. We do three picks a week until we get into the playoffs, then we pick every game. It's a lot of fun. Uh, you will not be disappointed. I oh, yeah. it's, it's entertaining for sure. I, I told Nick last year, I was like, you should post it earlier than Sunday. And make it like a longer show. I don't know how how easy that would work because it's definitely it's definitely entertaining to say the least. And it came down to the wire last year to the last. Uh, it, did, week. it did, and I will I will say, and I you know what I I have been mad at myself since the middle of last year. I got I tell Max I got very lazy when we had the the fan, the, the the viewers throw a pick in. I, listen, I was coming home from New York City. I was getting off the train, going right to Max's, and we were recording then, and I was like. I was like, all right, who did who did uh who did our viewer pick? Ah, Houston minus four. I said, okay, I'll take Tennessee plus four. Like, just I just went complete opposite. It was it was on me. I was hot. I started like thirteen and two. Mm-hmm. Then I got lazy. I got complacent. But I'm promising you right now, right fucking now, June seventeenth, nine fifty one Eastern time, PM. I will beat Animal by minimum five games. Minimum. All right, that's going on. That's going on Twitter now. I gotta clip that and put that on Twitter. Um, I'll I'll get that to Scott too for sure because he'll definitely work with that for sure. So all right, this was this was fun. We'll have to do. We'll do more. I don't I don't know what we're gonna do because the the the, the topic of this podcast. What I told people was uh, there was none because I don't I don't really know what the topic of the podcast is. And I thought that was a brilliant strategy. Screw it. Yeah. Just it, like, it, when, when when you tweet it out, say this is what we're doing. Boom. That's it. For sure. All right. You got you got. You're very good at what you do. Keep grinding it. I love doing this with you. Thank you for having me on, man. We'll see you guys next week.